Evening, evening, evening. It's an evening. Waiting for some of you to get alive here. Waiting for some of you to become alive. It is alive. Ladies and gentlemen, it's 7 p.m. It's on the East Coast. 7 p.m. E on the East Coast. I'm Dr. Otto Jenkin. Thank you for being with me tonight on the Empire Longevities. <laughs> Empire Longevities Longevity Live. Some cool stuff coming up for you real soon is that uh, working hard and producing some videos and putting the production down with that, editing them, putting the production, getting some papers going, and uh, interviewing some, some of the coolest people that uh, you're going to be amazed by who are going to help push your longevity. Uh, the Empire Longevity website should be up and running in the next couple of weeks. We're going to have a countdown for you. Uh, I'm going to tell you, quite frankly, it's going to be a... A subscription site, $9 a month, $9 a month. Why? We want you to have the information, but we don't want everybody to just uh, peruse it, it as it is. Uh, we want you to have access to it, though. Absolutely. And we want you to not only be uh, be active, be, be informed, be educated, entertained along the way. You'll be getting a whole bunch of the coolest uh, videos there, uh, papers. Insights we have with some of the coolest people. And uh, then you'll get the notifications on our upcoming webinars, upcoming seminars, and, of course, our big symposium that we have. Symposium is one of the coolest things. But uh, just being active with um, a group of people who are going to be like yourself, who are going to be like-minded, that how can we push our, our not our next decades, but our next best decades? And you're going to hear me say many, many times that it's uh, all of us are going to age. All of us are going to age no matter what we do. All of us are going to age, but some of us are going to grow old. Some of us are going to grow old. Don't do the second part. Age. Age gracefully. As I talked about in one of the uh, videos I shot was, uh, no one ever talks about you um, growing old like a fine bottle of wine. No, you age like a fine bottle of wine. The complexities and the nuances that go along with fine aging as compared to growing old. And growing old, you know what a wine is that has grown old? That's called vinegar. That's what that's called. That's what that's called. Hey, tonight we got something that's kind of neat for you. But before we do that, we got to do this. And it always goes like this. And for all you kids out there who've never heard the uh, Swingin' Ricks, our in-house band right over there, hit it, boys. They got it. We're not quite sure what it is, but they got it. It's the Swingin' Ricks from Del Rey. F-L-A. F-L-A. That's the cool part right there. Coming up on Friday, I got to tell you, I'm shooting a, uh, 
um, my intention is to be shooting a, a video outside for the uh, Empire Longevity website uh, with uh, a local boy, uh, hopefully, and uh, Matt Maniacci. We're going to do some drone work. I know. I don't know. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be kooky. It's going to be great. I was listening to uh, a another another book I was listening to. Let me see what the book is. I listen to a ton of books. I read a ton of books. This is called The Formula. It's about business and how people are successful in business. And one of the things that the author talked about, he goes through very scientifically, goes through the formulas of success. And he talked about how creativity, when people get, typically they become um, researched and and then published in a given profession. It's usually in the very first years that they are in the profession. If you're a chemist, a scientist, a physicist, or something like that, uh, you're typically published in the very first years. And you make your most most astounding uh, papers at that time. But you take a look at, again, the generation now who's in their late 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. And by the way, it keeps on getting younger and younger and younger to who's going to be in this group. (laughs) But we start taking a look at creativity into and with longevity. And the correlations are absolutely freaking phenomenal. You've heard me say many, many times, and you have got to believe that there is no time in which you are no which which you are no longer creative. It is a matter of fact that the more creative that you are and you push yourselves into doing different things on a regular basis, your opportunity for a longer life increases. I'll show you some of the research on that. I'll show you some of the research on that. So Frank's on here right now. So Frank's wanted to learn how to play a Spanish guitar. I'd give a buck fifty to see that, by the way. I don't happen to have the buck fifty on me. But I'd pay a buck fifty to see that. Okay, buck seventy five. A Spanish guitar or you know a flamenco guitar I don't know just something bizarre and wild like that uh, I'm thinking about taking up the cello because I love the way the cello sounds but something even more bizarre than that for me would be for instance uh, painting uh, I could paint a beautiful wall in a house um, but doing a painting of something like you know uh, anybody anything I uh, I think I'm creative but I'm not really good at that. So then you find something that you're creative at. It's wild stuff. You can keep your boy geniuses in Silicon Valley, your young guns tearing it up the fashion world, your celebrated wonder kids in music and art and finance and government, writes Jeffrey Kluger in a recent article in Time magazine. Instead, let's celebrate the authors, architects, Painters and composers who produce some of their best work in their late life, he writes. And it's kind of phenomenal. It's kind of phenomenal. You start looking at some of the people who have, who are, who are out there doing this stuff and who have pushed 
what it is to be creative and active. Guys, you and I both know it's this, is that it is the baby boomer generation that was the first ones to come up with the idea of spas and gyms. Well, they're not the first ones, but they're the ones who brought it to America and brought up the idea of like the YMCA and stuff like that. It was baby boomers. We are going to rewrite what it is to be active into um, into our 70s, 80s, and 90s, and 100s. We're going to rewrite that. And a common word that's used, and I, I don't like to use this word, but they talk about disruption, disrupting um, healthcare, disrupting finance, disrupting the world. But you look at what could, what, what could be disruptive, one of the big things is having a generation of people who have time to be active and then who have the ability to be creative along the way. The recent deaths of the legendary jazz musician Dave Brubeck, just short of his 92nd birthday, and the great Brazilian architect Oscar Niemeyer at 104. Uh, guys thinking about the relationship between creativity and longevity. Amazing. Most creative people in the last 100 years, and they, re- and they remained productive and engaged into old age. Phenomenal stuff. And there's no point at which you are no longer creative. There's no point in which your creativity, first of all, it declines. One of the greatest things about keeping the mind sharp is your creativity can actually lead you into longevity. And the neurological process that goes along with it is called myelination. Myelination is where the strand, the nerves in your in your brain in your body, especially your brain, become coated in this this white matter, which then allows processes, ideas, and thoughts and electrical processes to be zoomed past. Allow them to go faster through you. When you become unmyelinated, that's a serious neurological problem. There's, there's, there's uh, diseases called demyelination. And those things are bad. Your thinking literally slows down. and becomes jumbled. Bad stuff. But if we can help you on a regular basis, here's the key thing. A lot of this costs nothing else to do, nothing more to do for you to become more creative. So you find on your phone, boom, on this bad boy right there, you find, can I learn a new language? Well, there's freaking apps on there which allow you to learn a new language. And making your brain just to function a little bit a little more. Maybe you start to learn how to do a flamenco dance. I know I'm going to flamenco guitar and flamenco dance tonight. I think one of the last things America needs to do is see me doing flamenco dancing. Or anybody. Unleash me on the world. But there's nothing that says that you cannot you cannot be creative all your life. Intellect. They looked at the at intellect and create and uh, longevity. And they found that um, that intellect was actually positively correlated with age and thus did not add much to predictive risk of death. But creativity, on the other hand, was unrelated to age. And that's one of the coolest things of it. 
Just because you're a certain age doesn't mean you have to stop being creative. Or if you're at a younger age, doesn't mean you cannot be creative. It takes imagination and action. Um, to better confront the problems associated with increasing age and declining health and may have important effects on slowing cognitive aging by being creative. By being creative. And it doesn't and although it's typically seen with the arts, it doesn't have to be just in the arts. It can be very much well being the sciences. I mean it doesn't have to be in the arts by any means. By any means. And that's one of the crazy parts about it. And this comes about by there was a um a study was published in um numbers of years ago, by about a decade ago, in the Journal of Aging and Health. This is what I do, folks. I don't get out much. <laughs> I read these articles because this this is what is my level of creativity is finding this stuff and being able to convey it to you. And that higher openness predicted longer life. And other studies this year have linked that the, the trait with lower metabolic risk, higher self-related health, and appropriate stress response. And their whole thinking is that is that um, what they found is that only creativity, not intelligence, or overall openness decreased mortality risk. Because it, they, and they believe it's because it, draw, it draws on a variety of me, uh, neural networks within the brain. You keep on having to make these different neural networks in the brain and crisscrossing the patterns and asking more of your brain to function more in different ways, which then allows different ways to be associated. It's, it's, a, it's a great, it's a positive catch-22. You can have negative catch-22s, but you have a positive one, in which you have, when you start using more, you create more. Create more, awesome. That's a brain that's growing. That's a brain that's learning. And there's, your, your brain was always meant to be learning as they state in, in the paper, is that they show now that you can actually freaking learn into your 60s. I did a talk a short time ago at the high school, and I asked students, when, does, when, does your, when do you stop learning? Or is there a time when you stop learning? I know it seems to you like I have stopped, and I, you're not the first person to say that. Say it to me. I think there's more than one report card that had that on me. <laughs> And a notation, dear Mr. and Mrs. Janky, Otto has stopped learning. Is uh, you look at, I ask the students, when is it that uh, your brain actually stops learning? And the students said, right around 25. I, excuse me? They said, right around 25. I said, where on earth did you get that from? And they and they both they all went like this. They all looked at the teacher. He goes, "Well, he, he taught us." <laughs> and I said, "Your brain capacity—I mean, just sheer volume and size itself—I mean, it it can only fit inside that dome. And that's all it's got. So it doesn't actually increase there. I mean, it's so it's it's actually locked into actually full capacity size and sheer volume." But not the networks on the inside. The brain never stops. You never stop learning. You may decrease your opportunity to learn and may decrease your opportunity to then be creative. But the neural networks are always there. 
And I asked the people, I asked the students, I said, so let me ask you a question then. Have any of you, have, have any of you learned, has any of your parents has a new technology, this was a, this was a, has a new technology come out in the last five years that you've never seen before? And they're like, oh yeah, I mean, I mean, this is happening, it's almost happening like weekly, it seems like. And they said, oh yeah, you know, cell phones. All the different technologies in cars. And different technology we have even to use on here, on the computer. I said, so how did your I said, did, did some of your parents learn how to do that? They said, yeah. I said, if the brain stopped learning, how did they learn how to do that? And they all just kind of looked as in one of those, well, that's a good question. I said, yeah, that's a good question. I said, I understand that your your grandparents, I mean, the, the VCR is still flashing zero, 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 zero. I mean, I get that. But your body was always meant, you were always meant to be kept to keep learning. And it's that learning, that creative spark that goes on, is the, the study looks at and says that's one of the major reasons for longevity, that you're able to adapt, adapt to the bad stuff that comes in life by being creative. Because your brain then has an opportunity to then, if it can't go that way with thoughts, it can go that way because of all the more neural neural networks that you have set up. And you set those up by being creative. I mean, it's freaking, I mean, it's putting this all together. You start looking at that just because you do one thing in life, I recommend that you exercise. And you know that. I recommend that you um, that you eat just not well, that you eat freaking rocket fuel. And you've heard me say this many, many times. And if you are someone who I, I recommend that you meditate or pray or whatever it is to, to help bring this stuff down. But on a regular basis, on a regular basis, you need to have an outlet for yourself. And for some of you, it's going to be your profession. Some of it's going to be, uh, you know, it's something that you do in your free time. I was just playing my guitar before we got on. And taking that process of being able to then think over there, think over there, think over there, allows you to deal with, quite frankly, the shit that's going to come. The shit that's going to be in the future. Your ability to, to have dealt with this last year, your ability to have dealt with that, sets a foundation neurologically for you to be around for many more years and decades to come. Congratulations, you're in the freaking great group. Good job. Thank you, Jack Borla. Dr. Jack. Phenomenal stuff. I mean, I mean, the study looks at it and says, listen, you, by you becoming more creative, you become quicker in thought, more, more deep in thought, and then you're able to handle stresses better. Guys, it's not a matter if it's going to rain in your life. It's going to freaking thunderstorm, dude. And it may rain and pour, you know, Noah better better build the ark for you. Um, he also started, and it's, there's um, in the study, it's from um, Nicholas Turiano. Good Irish kid. Uh, Nicholas Turiano 
from the University of Rochester Medical Center. Individuals high in creativity maintain the integrity of their neural networks even into old age. Keeping the brain healthy may be one of the most important aspects of aging successfully. Keeping your brain healthy, a fact shown by creative persons living longer in our study. Stress is known to, to harm overall health, including cardiovascular, immune, and cognitive systems. He also cites that creative people's ability to handle stress, being able to handle the stuff that comes your way. If there's one organ, I mean, I recommend you, you take care of your body as well as possible. But keeping that brain absolutely, fundamentally pristine for as much as possible, for as long as possible. Yes, we have done damage up to this point. What can we do now to help keep it working at its best? One is become more creative. The study's analysis uh, showed that age, smoking, and physical health at the time of completing this questionnaire were predictive of mortality. Specifically, each standard deviation increases in age predicted an 11% increase in mortality. The corresponding increases in mortality due to seriousness of, of illness and being a current smoker were 29% and 61%. You had a 61% greater chance of dying just because you smoked. Yeah. None of this may be surprising. Education and intellect were not significant uh, predictors. Interesting, however, creativity, a facet of openness, was related to a, to a reduced risk of mortality. Again, they, I mean, they, these were done on, um, on vets, specifically, not, you know, not doctor, doctors or veterinarians, you know, veterinarians and people who were in services. Again, intellect was positively combined uh, with age and thus added uh, not much to the prediction of, of uh, predictive risk. And to better confront the problems associated with increasing age and declining health and may have important effects on slowing cognitive aging. And that was creativity. How can we keep your brain young? All of our brains are growing to age. Some of our brains are going to grow old. Don't do that part. Keep your brain young. You can work every single day, and I recommend you do, to keep your body young. But along the way, do the work to keep your brain young. And that is, have a lot more fun in life. Have a lot more fun in life by doing more things that are just a little bit, a little bit cuckoo, a little bit crazy. Learn how to play the guitar. Marty says uh, he took up the violin four months ago. Marty, I'd love to hear you. Well, okay, let's. I don't know if I want to hear you play right now, Marty. <laughs> but sometime we will, okay? You know what I'd love? For any of anybody who's on right now, if you'd like to, just write down something that you've taken up in the last year. And I don't mean like, uh, and I don't mean like drinking severely. I mean, you know. What creative thing have you done in the last year? I'm going to tell you what mine is. I started baking. Baking. And, and, and again, 
if you know me, you know my, then I hopefully you know my brother Rick. My brother Rick's a chef. He can take stuff, spices, and put it over there and there and go like, yeah, that's what you need. I don't do that. I'm not a, I'm not, that's not me. I'm a chemist when it comes to baking. You give me a recipe, I follow the recipe very, very well. I'm a chemist. That's what I do. But I started baking and I went into it totally blind. My wife and I were watching the Great British Baking Show at one night and and she says, and there was a, a ginger caramel cake or something like that. And she said, why don't you make that for me? And I said, <laughs> I said, what? I was like this, what? what? I said, how many things ever baked for you? She said, you could do it. She said, you can, you can do that. I never baked like a two or three layer cake, but I did. And it turned out, um, it turned out that uh, um, that the Home and Garden magazine was not going to call me about that uh, a picture for that. I didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> you know, it's it it tasted great first of all, and it had it had, it had one of those Leaning Tower pizza things to it. It was kind of eh, where you know, had to prop had to prop it up a little bit. Had to prop it up a little bit. <laughs> But from there, I went on and uh, she said, uh, why don't you bake, um, and this is not a big thing either, is bread pudding. Bread pudding is super, super simple. Unless you screw it up. Then it's not so simple. And so about once a week or once every couple of weeks, she says, hey, would you bake this for me? Yeah. Yeah. I had, and, and so it makes me go through and go find the recipes what was the one thing we um and I then I made uh, mincemeat pie. And that took a little bit to understand because I didn't know what I was doing. Matter of fact, this is a lot like life with me. I don't know what the hell I'm doing most of the time. But it ends up doing pretty damn well. I made something else for her too. Um I forget. I'll think about it in a second. KJ said she went and did um uh metal stamping. Final sticker making, sewing clothing again. Love that. I'm looking forward to KJ actually uh, doing some shirts for us. For my office. Love that. My brother Rick says woodworking. I should have my brother Rick show you some of his... Um, uh, Rick, if you can, put a picture up of uh, some of your charcuteries. He makes beautiful things. And the first question is, where, do you, where the hell did he get that from? <laughs> where where did he get that from? It's one of those things, you know? He likes it and does it. Cool. Fantastic. Fantastic. It's neat stuff. And, and I'm always amazed at what, what other talents people have. Yeah, you go to work and you do this. And you, some of you are very, very talented at making stuff and... Uh, or at your jobs. You've been fantastic at your jobs. And so I'm always amazed at the jobs that people have. I talked to a guy today who, he's a young guy who's a salesman. He travels, he has like, you know, imagine four hours from here. So it's like 200 miles, you know, um, 300 miles east, west, north, south. So he has a pretty big uh, map he's got to take care of. And his company sells like this one very, very specific area that you would never thought. It's like people have a job that well, I guess they would because, you know, you need to 
It's like, holy crap. And then he sells that stuff. I'm always amazed at what, what people's jobs are. But I'm also amazed what people do for fun. And you look at some people and it's like, well, let me tell you, what do you do for fun? Ah, not nothing really. Well, what do you do? Well, I, um, let's see, I, uh, I metal stamp and make vinyl sticker uh, making and I, I sell clothing. And you start going, <laughs> where'd that come from? If you know KJ, I hope, I hope we have KJ on here to do a uh, one more podcast with her. But she helped, she puts together some of the most beautiful playgrounds for kids, and, and f- for parks and stuff and schools. It's freaking. It's like that's your job, yeah. Well, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, Frank says he learned about a dozen tunes, new tunes on uh, on the guitar. Well, awesome, awesome. Between you and Marty, we'll have to get a whole freaking band going here. Some of the coolest stuff you've ever seen. Again, I'm I'm not any kind of um, I'm not good at baking by any means. Um, what was the what was the cake I made for my wife a short time ago? Jeez Louise, I don't know. But again, it turned out well. Why? Because I took my time. I made the stuff. I went and got the recipes and stuff. And uh, oh, it was the Italian lemon cake I made for her. I made her Italian lemon cake. Um, I have a, I must have a, a problem with uh, one-sided heavy gravity in my kitchen because things, things go. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, 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 hey! Push it up there, push it up there. And uh, I had a little slip and sliding with the uh, uh, Italian lemon cakes. I, I made a lemon curd, which if I had known previously, I would have made the lemon curd. Uh, early that that morning or even the previous day to let it harden and uh, well it, it tasted great tasted great and uh, my wife is is an easy sell when uh, with this stuff because if I make it for her she'll you know she'll eat it so and she'll say this is awesome uh, and so again I I have no talent on that whatsoever none I'm a chemist when it comes to stuff give me a recipe I will follow the recipe fantastic give me the tools and stuff fantastic. <clears throat> Now, I, but if you're going to ask me what other spices or stuff I could put in there, I have no idea. My brother Rick could do that. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that at all. By any means. By any means. Uh, it's not just the masters. It's not just the masters who do this. But you look at people such as Frank Lloyd Wright. Frank Lloyd Wright, who started who started started designing the Guggenheim, New York City's iconic Guggenheim Museum, at the age of seventy six. He started designing it at the at the age when most men of that time would have been at least ten years into retirement. He says, "Give me one of my masterpieces to make. Give me one of my masterpieces to make." The iconic Guggenheim. I went to a Frank Lloyd Wright house in Buffalo, and it was staggeringly beautiful staggeringly beautiful and you walked into it and go like well that was a good idea huh well that was a good idea the crazy part about the house he made in buffalo was that there are windows all over the place windows i mean there's wall windows 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 and you're like it's not like in my house we have big windows and there's a big bar in between you know the you know window sills and stuff um there are windows like just wow and they said how did how did he do that? Well, he built the house in Buffalo like it was a high rise. So all the weight was on these pillars that are, go through the house. Therefore, the, out the um, exterior walls are not weight bearing. 
And you go like this. Well, that was good thinking. <laughs> it's like, well, um, <laughs> well, that was good thinking. And there you could put windows, 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 windows. And it was, it's like, like, huh. That, well, go figure. That was good thinking. If you ever get to go to a, a Frank Lloyd right next one I'm going to go to is, um, is it Falling Waters in Pennsylvania? Something like that. Where he built the house right into, and you've seen it, it's iconic. You've seen it. It's um, it's built right into, the water goes right, right past the house. Incredible stuff. Incredible. But Frank Lloyd Wright at 76 says, let me build my masterpiece. And the, the, the old story, uh, only because uh, Rick and I used to go up to, um, uh, st still may, up to uh, Cambridge to see my uh, aunt and uncles and cousins for our 4th of July uh, internationally great bocce tournaments and 4th of July parties. We'd stop by, and on the way there, you'd go to uh, see Grandma Moses. They always have the Grandma Moses live right there, who at the age of 76 started painting and would paint it well in her 90s and became iconic and American iconoclast of painting. And you see her stuff, you go like, boom, Grandma Moses. And she started at that time. Again, at the same, same time, when most, most people are anticipating dying over the next year or two, she said, I'm going to take up something whole new. Again, the kind of activity helps, this uh, kind of activity of being creative helps neurons in the brain continue to uh, adding insulating fat layers in the process. That's what I call myelination. We call it myelination. It helps keep the brain running smoothly. Uh, Researchers have been surprised to discover that myelination continues into our 50s and even 60s. Again, there was a whole idea that, biologically speaking, that your body decomposed and stopped learning after a certain age. And frankly, that is wrong. It's just wrong. Why? Because first, the assumption that made was, was incorrect. And then that assumption was uh, put forward and played on over the next number of well, centuries. Again, no one's lived as long as well into 60s, 70s, and 80s as we have. The generations behind us are hopefully going to blow past us and live, live well in their 90s, 100s, and 110s. Even though, even though over the last two years, that's last three years, um, and not including COVID, the life expectancy had gone down in America for three years. And they blamed it upon uh, the opioid crisis. And I said, it can't be just the opioid crisis. There's a lot more going on. There's a lot more going on. Creativity is defined. As the ability to transcend traditional ideas, rules, patterns, relationships, uh, or the like, and to create meaningful new ideas, forms, methods, and interpretations, etc., and bringing something new of value into existence. We can all be creative. You know, some of us might want to start a whole new uh, company at the age of 58 and be able to launch a website. February 1st, and then uh, set up speaking engagements around America and then attract 175,000 people to follow that group. 
Maybe you know someone like that. As the baby boomer generation finds itself, here's crazy, caring for parents while aging themselves, they also find themselves as pioneers in redefining what it means to age. You've heard me say it more than once, folks. They are working longer, starting new careers and lives later in life, and foregoing institutional care for customized alternatives, all of which require this transcending creativity. Here's the crazy part of this all is that you and I are going to have to you and I are going to have to end up being one of the most more creative generations that there ever was in America. Why? Because we are going places. We are like freaking Star Trek. We're going to go places no man's been before. We're going to be doing things that people had not done previously at our ages. We're still going to be playing in freaking bands, rock bands. We're still going to be making stuff, being creative, artistic, playing sports. We're the ones that are going to be doing that. And our brains are going to have to be working that much better for us to be able to do that. This is not even a consideration. If you want to be some of the cool kids that are going to be around for the next number of decades doing stuff, creating, and then, then leaving some of the cool shit behind for other generations, as our definition for longevity is, it's not just someone's long life, which is the most boring freaking definition there ever was by anything. Our definition in Empire Longevity is longevity is the act and intent of being so healthy you leave something freaking cool behind by what you've done today. You leave something freaking cool behind. What are you leaving cool behind? By the way, it doesn't always have to be a physical object. It can be ideas. It can be emotions. It doesn't always have to be it can be words. It can be sounds. And it doesn't have to be done for, you know, millions of people to be found or used or experienced. Maybe it's just one person. That's the cool part. We're the kids, guys. We're the kids. We're pushing the envelope as to what it's going to be. We're pushing the envelope as to how it's going to be and how we want to play it. We're going to have to become massively creative in how we do things. We're going to have to go find our own jobs. We're going to find our own fun. No one's freaking doing this. As I've said before, we're at a point now where at the age of 54, I'm 58 now, at the age of 54 in America, we have become a disposable generation. How do I know that? COVID has exposed it dramatically. 92% of the people who are dying of COVID are age of, 92, of 54, 54 and over. 92% of the people, 54 and over. It's you and I. How much more creative can we be? Use what you got, man. You're given, you're given a particular set of skills. I highly recommend you use them. That's the cool part. That's the cool part. Leave something great behind, guys. It's phenomenal. It's freaking phenomenal. Hey, Frank. Guess what? Get it wrong again, man. I was going to laugh at myself for that. And I did. I got him right over there, guys. This is the Swingin' Ricks from Delray, FLA.
I got to get out of here. Thanks for being with us. Coming up real soon. Coming up real soon, you're going to see uh, videos from me. You're going to be seeing funnels. You're going to see literally commercials on Facebook and to your feeds about Empire Longevity. We're going to be jumping on this real, real soon and promoting it. We need to help you move that much closer every single day to the next and have you have the ability to leave something great behind by what you've done today. And sometimes what you leave behind is not because you're no longer here. It's because how you've touched somebody, how you've expressed something to someone, what you've helped them learn, maybe what you've given them. So pretty soon you're going to see us. Frank says I need to really rename those files. They couldn't be more clearly and better named, named Frank. And it, it's it's not the once again it's uh it's not the car that drove into the wall. <laughs> it wasn't the car's fault. <laughs> Guys, be cool and stay warm. Adios, muchachos.